everybody, and welcome to the One More Verse podcast. My name is John Nix, and I'm excited to have you along on this Wednesday, November the 4th, 2015. Today's reading was Joshua 5:13 through 6:21. So come on, let's discuss what we read together. So today we began our reading in Joshua chapter 5 with this incredible encounter between Joshua and the commander of the Lord's army. Now, you have to understand, Joshua, he's a man of war. This is a guy who is battle-hardened. Our introduction to him was in the battle with the Amalekites as he's commissioned by Moses not only to go into battle, but to choose men for battle. So Joshua's been a spy. He's a soldier. This is a guy who is not afraid to get into it and mix it up. And so he lifts his eyes and he sees this man that has a sword drawn in his hand. And so we got to have a discussion about this. So Joshua is like, all right, we got to, I got to figure out whether you and I are about to get ready to rumble or, or what's happening here. And so he goes to him and he says, okay, you with us or are you against us? Cause that's going to determine what you and I are about to do. And the answer comes and says, no, I am the commander of the army of the Lord, and now I've come. And we see this incredible encounter leads to Joshua falling to the ground and, um, and offering worship. Now, I want you to know, as we read this, it's important for us to understand this encounter is no ordinary encounter. This is an encounter with Christ. And so Joshua falls in worship, and we know that this has to be God because this commander of the army receives the worship. You see, anytime worship is offered in the scripture to someone who is not the Lord, it's refused, whether it be angels, whether it be prophets, apostles, they will not receive the worship. But Joshua falls on his face because this is not any ordinary commander. Joshua may lead um, the Israelite army. He may lead the people of Israel, but this is the commander of the heavenly hosts. And there is a familiar instruction given in that Joshua is to take off his sandals because the place where he is is holy. And so Joshua does this thing without question. What an incredible encounter for Joshua. And it must have stirred a little bit of confidence. And there was no doubt they were going to have to contend over Jericho. And so as they approach the city, everything's shut up and the walls are there. And the people are watching. Nobody's going out. Nobody's coming in. And and the Lord tells Joshua, listen, this place is yours. Everything. The king, the men. And here's going to be our plan. I want you to just march around the city one time each day for six days. And and when you do this, there's going to be seven priests and they're going to have these trumpets and they're going to go before uh, the Ark of the Covenant, which is a picture of God's presence for us. And and, and there's going to be a rear guard and they're going to go and you're going to blow the trumpets and everybody in the city is going to be paying attention. What's going on and what's happening here? But on day seven, it's going to be different. And when you do it on day seven, uh, you're going to go around and then you're going to offer a shout. And so Joshua comes to the people and he tells them, this is what we're going to do. 
Now, in my mind, I'm just wondering, at what point is somebody in the crowd going, are you kidding me? You call this a plan? So let me get this straight, Joshua. Your your plan for us taking Jericho is we're just going to take a little march. The priests and the trumpets are going. Uh, there's going to be the Ark of the Covenant, and then there's going to be a rear guard. And, and we just be quiet. They blow the trumpets. We walk around the city, march around once a day for six days. And then on the seventh day, we're going to do this circuit seven times, and then we're going to shout. There has to be somebody in that crowd that's a skeptic. There has to be somebody that's going, this is our plan. This is what's going to happen. But hopefully encouraged by the wonder of crossing the Jordan and all that they've seen God do, uh, perhaps they're just walking in faith. And so they go and they execute this this plan. And so uh, on the seventh day, they go and they make this circuit seven times. And can you imagine the people inside the city they, they've been watching this spectacle as all these people just march around their city. It wouldn't have just been like an all-day affair. It would have taken a little while because there's so many people, but it, but they just, you can imagine, they've got to have their swords, their spears, their shields, and they're prepared. Is this going to be the day? Are they going to rush us, or, or are we going to fight today? And so you kind of wonder at what point did the people start to get weary with just watching them march around the city and stop? But on this day seven, the people must have been paying attention. Somebody recognized, hey, uh, the pattern's different. They're, they just took another lap, and, and they're doing another lap. And so perhaps they see that there's going to be something different about this day. And so they make this seventh circuit around. And, and Joshua announced to the people, and he just declares by faith, it's time to shout, the Lord has given you the city and Everything in there is going to be devoted to destruction or devoted to the Lord. The only people that will be spared in there are a prostitute named Rahab and all who are with her and her family and her house. And so they go and he tells them and he gives them careful instructions about uh, making sure you don't take things that you're not supposed to take because the things that are going to be devoted to the Lord will go in his treasury, but everything else is to be destroyed. And so the people have made these seven laps and they've been blowing the trumpets and the people just shout. And the Bible says, can you imagine what it must have been like to see the walls just melt and crumble before their very eyes? They didn't fire a catapult. They didn't ram the doors or the gates, but they just walked around the presence of the Lord, blowing the trumpets. And in this moment, they shout and the walls come down. And the Bible tells us that they just walk straight in and they capture the city and they devoted all the city to destruction. And so many times when we read in the Older Testament about this destruction and these people being killed, we we, we have this natural tendency to think, wow, this seems harsh. These These people didn't do anything. The problem is we're not looking at this from the way God sees it. You see, the truth of the matter is there are no good people. Uh, The Bible answers the question for us that people are not good. People are sinful. And these people have been living 
in defiance of obeying the one true and living God. They have not been aiding his people and serving them well. No, this is a people that have been caught up in their own world and their own drama, and they've been walking in sin, and sin comes with a price. When you see this destruction, let us not think that this is cruel. Let us understand how merciful must God be not to destroy us all under those circumstances. And so the, the walls go down and they go into the city and you see this incredible picture of grace. There's a prostitute, not a woman of high character and standing that you would say to your daughters, you want to be like her, not someone who has been looked at in the community as somebody who brings value, but a woman who's been objectified and used for personal pleasure. And yet you see the grace of God on full display And what an amazing thing that one day this name Rahab would appear in a list of names, a list of names that lead us to Christ. And so as we look at the scripture today, it's a display of God's power and his presence with his people. It's a display of God's grace. And so I hope that as you read today and you think, okay, if it was me, I would probably think this has got to be one of the most ridiculous ideas I've ever heard of. And then how must faith have been strengthened and encouraged when after that seventh time and the trumpets blow and the people shout to see God keep his faithful promise. He's bringing them into the promised land. He's conquering in places that seem impossible. He's reminding them that the strength will not be in their armies or their methods, but the strength is in the presence of the Lord. It is the Lord who grants deliverance and salvation. And so what a picture that we have of the Lord uh, granting um, salvation and deliverance, not to some worthy woman in the city, but to a woman who has lived a life uh, that's been difficult, um, that has been thankless and thoughtless and perhaps abusive. And here she is. The Lord God spares her. The Lord God has used her and he will go on to use her. And in this name, Rahab, one day it would come in a list and that list would end with Jesus the Christ. Thanks for listening to the One More Verse podcast. For more information about Vertical Purpose or One More Verse, visit johnnicks.org. I would love to hear from you. So find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram using the handle TheJohnNicks. Thanks again for listening to One More Verse.